You're listening to The Peppers Podcast, a talk with business owners, politicians, and musicians about how they got to where they are and what the future holds for these local businesses. And now from Frank's Restaurant, Will Peppers. Hello, and we are here with Joe Uris, right? Is that how you say your name? Yep, that is correct. Joe Uris. Got it right. Awesome. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, so, well, my name is Joe Uris. Um, I own a tattoo shop and a reptile breeding business. Uh, I've been doing this for myself now with the tattoo shop going on six years, I believe, in total. Um, and I've been doing the reptile thing for most of my life, honestly. Oh, really? Mm hmm. What kind of reptiles? Well, uh, we don't really specialize in any one species, so to speak, but we do everything from various snakes. Various lizards, various tree frogs. Um, I mean, you name it, we try to breed it. We try to, uh, you know, it's all about equality with breeding animals. So everything we do, we try to do the best we can genetically, health-wise, food-wise, and everything across the board. Oh, that's cool. Do you have a shop here in town? Uh, no. So what I do is I just have like a breeding facility. I breed basically to sell a higher quality animal for other breeders. That's my primary primary goal. So you're breeding breeding stock. Correct. Okay. Um, a very small portion of what we actually breed goes to your everyday user, yeah, household uh, yeah. pet, you know, owner. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do sell some as just pets, but mm -hmm. most of what we have is a breeder quality animal. Um, so we shoot for new genetics all the time, trying to create the world's first uh, color, pattern, whatever traits that we can possibly breed into them genetically. Wow, that's cool. It's, I've always, you see the uh, posts on Facebook and, and other social media about different uh animals every once in a while and you the snakes with the different colors mm. and and all that so cool that they can do that with selective breeding yep and yeah uh amazing what scientists can do and well, really just <laughs> regular people yeah really. i yeah, mean yeah. if you understand genetics you know just just the three common genes you know a recessive trait mm -hmm. a dominant trait and a co-dominant trait if you just understand how those three things work, you can breed for any color, for any pattern, for any eye color, and anything. Dogs, cats, humans, everything. It all it all has it. Even plants and stuff <coughs> yeah, like that. That's yeah, how I mean, that's how different uh, crops are actually yeah, done. Uh, there's actually breed. a lot of yeah. man made plants out there nowadays. Oh yeah. You know? Uh, fish. Fish mm -hmm. is huge. People have created their own species of fish genetically yeah um look at the exolotls are you familiar with those now oh, yeah. they're becoming yep. real popular um well they have ones that glow under black light wow that was never a thing with yeah. them um, they literally extracted dna from a jellyfish implanted it into the exolotls to where it can be passed on genetically yeah That's so so now they can reproduce that that small gene that they never had in their entire being from the day they were created and put on this earth, they could never do that. Yeah. And now they can because of scientists. <laughs> Science. <Yeah. laughs> Crazy. Where are you from? 
So I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I am a South Sider. Gotta gotta represent that because it's a big part of who you are. Oh yeah, people ask. Yeah, they, they gotta they, know. They will. I have people down here in Vincennes, Indiana, that only call me Southside. Oh yeah, literally. Yep. Um, there's a actual good friend of mine here in town, and it's kind of funny when you see us together because he's an older gentleman, mm-hmm. looked at very highly in this town, and I'm kind of the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's from across the border in indiana he's from gary Mm -hmm. but he always calls me Southside. yeah because he knows where i come from and um i mean if i said the name you would know who i'm talking about but uh it's yeah south side matters oh wow yeah well mike's a south sider he uh he represents south side yep and and if he doesn't know you you need to tell him that that's will He'll uh he'll enjoy that. He'll I'll tell him the one thing he'll absolutely hate about me too. Yeah, I am a Southsider. But you but like I the am, Cubs. But I am a Cubs fan. Yep. Hey, you know what? I'm a Cubs fan too, man. <laughs> Got to represent. Yeah, that's right. Been a Cubs fan my entire life. I wasn't. I was a Sox fan. Oh yeah. <coughs> I mean, I liked the Sox because they were close. And, yeah. You know. So I was. Accessible. I kind of didn't have a choice. Oh yeah. Oh but of course. I, yeah. I really didn't. Yeah. Uh, my dad got free tickets from work all the time. So baseball season, guess where we were? You know? Sox games, yeah. Sox absolutely. games. Um, I wouldn't be upset, upset about that, even being a Cubs fan. You hey, know? listen, I didn't have to buy food back then. Yeah. I got to drink all the Coca-Cola I wanted back then. I didn't pay for nothing. I yep. was going to the Sox game, eating me a bunch of food, drinking me a bunch of pop. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't come, I didn't become a Cubs fan until later on mm-hmm. when I understood baseball. Yeah. And I, I just... I was a Sammy Sosa fan then, so. I uh, I first was an Andre Dawson fan. Okay. And then once Sammy came along, mm-hmm. I was, oh, yeah. The I was Andre- actually watching the game at the game mm-hmm. when he launched that uh, strike from the outfield. Oh, really? Yeah. He wow. had someone round in second, and he blasted it from the outfield straight to home plate, and it was a strike. Yeah. Like, he didn't throw a skyrocket baseball. Mm-hmm. He threw a fast pitch strike from the outfield. Yeah, I watched that. Such a strong arm. Yeah, but anyways. Yeah, yeah, good times. What is your educational background? Oh, man, I really don't have much, man. I dropped out of high school my junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say all of my junior year that I was there, I really didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um so, junior year, I mean, that's that was the end game for me. After that, I was hitting the pavement, making how, money. How did you start uh, tattooing? So, I've always been an artist. Mm-hmm. And I would say I was 16 when I started, yeah. when I actually picked up my first tattoo machine. Um, I did it solely as like a house scratcher on anybody and everybody yeah um 21 i had some big life events that had happened and changed my life Mm -hmm. and it kind of gave me the moment of what am i going to do the rest of my life like this is this was that call yeah you know who am i going to be where am i going what am i doing and is it going to make me happy Mm mm-hmm so honestly, man, I walked out of my job that day. I was working in a 
Honda dealership selling motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, I was still tattooing out of the house and stuff. I yeah. Once I started that, I never stopped. Yeah. Um, I walked out of that day. I went home. I sold every single thing I didn't have to have. Toys, cars, motorcycles, you name it. All of it. Yeah. I drove to my tattoo artist and I said, you're going to apprentice me. What's it going to cost? He said, 6500 bucks, and you work for free for a year. Mm-hmm. You're going to be here six days a week, if not seven. You're going to be here before we get here, and you're going to be here after we live here. Do you have a way to make money? I said, well, I saved up a bunch of money because I sold everything I owned. I'll give you 6500 bucks today, and I'm in. Never looked back. Wow. I went homeless during my apprenticeship. Yeah. I thought, uh, I thought, I don't even know. I think I had close to 30 grand mm-hmm. and here I am 21 years old I know nothing in life but how to party yeah and I go to become a professional tattoo artist and what do tattoo artists do well they're professional partiers oh yeah so that 30 grand didn't last me a year mm-hmm. um, I want to say I was seven eight months and I was homeless wow um, it was a gut check, too, because what do you do when you're broke, mm-hmm. homeless? You work a job that you won't get paid at. You yeah. don't. You'd be lucky if an artist gave you a part of his tip money to go get a dollar McDouble. I mm-hmm. mean, when you're an apprentice in a tattoo shop and you ain't got no money, they don't care. Well, if you're a tattoo artist in a shop with two or three other tattoo artists, you they may be scrapping for money, too, some days. So. I mean, the tattoo industry as a whole is a cutthroat business. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can just go right into it. It, yeah. it is a dog-eat-dog world out mm-hmm. here, you it, know? It's rough, yeah. And there's um, a ton of tattoo shops here in town, even. Yeah. And, Ta- and tattooing has transformed in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, since COVID, everybody wants their own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and go do it. You know, absolutely. Get out there and go work for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not all fun and games like you want it to be. But if you do it right, it, you can have a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, um, but as far as the tattoo shop thing, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of shops. There's a lot of people doing it from home. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's kind of like being a mechanic. Yeah. You can you, you, you know, can just be a mechanic in your own garage if you really want to yeah, put the effort in. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's it's I compare our industry a lot to mechanics, and mm-hmm. you know, in the automotive, in general, because the supply stores, they're no different than an AutoZone, mm-hmm. an O'Reilly's, or any of those. Yeah, you know. Um, Having a lot of tattoo shops isn't always a bad thing. You know, there's benefits. Healthy competition. Yeah, there there always has to be a reason to grow Mm -hmm. and a reason to do better and be better. Yeah. Um, You know, again, just like being a mechanic, just because you got tools doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Now, as an artist's perspective on that, in today's world of tattooing, even on a business level, mm-hmm. the price range fluctuations between shops and artists 
That's what the tough thing is. Oh, yeah. That is the toughest single part about our industry. Mm-hmm. Because your everyday person that's a collector getting tattooed don't know the difference between good art and bad art. They look at a picture and say, that's badass, I want it. Yeah. To them, that will forever be badass. Yeah. You know? Um, but to a discerning eye, it may be... Yeah. Or, or just everybody else except for the person who got it yeah yeah and you know my prices and my tattoos aren't for everybody yeah but again there's enough shops out here with any artist that is the case i mean yeah you know we, i you know with the band it's the same thing yeah. there are some places that are like you know we don't want to pay more than 50 bucks and it's like, you know, guess what, guys? We don't even set up for that much. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that is our booking. Dude, <laughs> well, you know, here here's the thing that people don't get, I think, a lot. And we, we've actually talked about this a lot here recently in the shop. Mm-hmm. Let's say your client walks in. You say, right out the gate, we have a $100 shop minimum. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to base it off $100. Okay. And you're just an artist in a shop. You don't own it. You're just the one there. Yeah. More than likely, you're going to be taking a 50% pay rate. That's a standard pay rate in today's industry. It's kind of always been a standard pay rate in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so right there off the top, that artist is only getting 50 bucks. Okay? So let's say we'll do the cheap side first. Just the general materials that they're using. And we're going to shoot high. Mm-hmm. Say they're using the best of the best on every single thing. Mm-hmm. The most expensive paper towel. The most expensive dental bib. The most expensive expensive bag covers. And not just sandwich baggies. Like mm-hmm. actual covers made for those materials. <coughs> so they're going to cost more. Mm-hmm. Ten bucks per tattoo. On average. Yeah. Is what they're. So now that artist is only at forty dollars, mm-hmm. but now that artist spends an hour on you. Okay, so her or his average pay rate should average to about a hundred dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, they just put forty dollars in their pocket and they're making less than half their value. Yeah, <clears throat> they don't see that. You know, the the average customer don't see that. They don't understand that right. there's all these costs going in <laughs> right. into the normal. Right. Yeah. You know, now, let's say me. I'm the shop owner, so I got the free 50%. Mm-hmm. So, we say free because that's what most people think it is. I did nothing, right? Yeah. Except okay. for provide the right. so shop those, and pay so for the electric. So, those materials that the artist actually used came out of my cut, yeah. more than likely. The artist gets paid for their time. Mm-hmm. That That's it. You know, and we've had to raise prices. Yep. Um, I put it off long, probably past a year longer than what I should have because I didn't want to do that. Um, we kind of raised the bar in Vincent's for the understanding of quality tattoos cost good money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of died off. Yeah. Um, but since COVID... You have two people now. You have the people who are, for some reason, out of nowhere, and I I don't know the answer to this. 
other people may, but they seem to have a lot more money to blow than they've ever had before. Yeah. Then you have people who either make less or the same as what they made before COVID, and they're not buying. Mm-hmm. They're not spending. Yeah. You know, wow, the people that are getting all this extra money to go blow that they've never blown before like that, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're doing it. Yeah. You know, but... Um, I see it, too. It's it's kind of crazy how some people have all this money to spend. No idea where it's coming from. No. No. Now, I know that people say a lot of things um, about all these grants and, and money that people can get now through mm-hmm. co- since COVID. Um, there, and there is something to that. There are yeah. a lot of... Gr- there's a lot of opportunity out sure. there if you know how to get if it. If you know yeah. how to take it, go get it, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, across the board, you know. Um, as a small business owner, I, I never would have thought that making money as a business owner can be really tough. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, I didn't know anything about taxes. Like the first thing I did was went and got an accountant. Yeah. I said, here, you take my money and then manage that money. I, I don't want to know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Give me an allowance. Right. You know, tell me what I can and can't spend, when I yep. can and can't do it. Um, I, I wish I would have never done that. Yeah, but it it was the smart thing to do. It right? was. I didn't know anything. I mean, if yeah. I would have done that blind and tried to do it at the end of the year and mm-hmm. been like, okay, I'm going to go do this now. I, I, as long as you trust that accountant. There, yeah, there yeah, are, yeah. You definitely do have to shop around and make sure you find an accountant. Oh, yeah, that's no, absolutely. Um, I, yeah. I love my accountant right now. Yeah. Like, she's wonderful. My, um, my mother is an accountant, so I have yeah. to say. You know, but but yeah. she has taught me a lot. Yeah about what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big things was that was really hard that I, I didn't like, in all honesty. They did the whole small business grant for mm-hmm. the small business owners, and then they did the unemployment um, deal for the small business owners and yeah. things like that. Well, guess what? I didn't fall under any of it. Yeah. Because in order for you to receive any of that, you, you have to have, have a certain m- amount of a people. minimum of yep. three employees, mm-hmm. and all my employees are self proprietors and work for themselves. Yep. So, I didn't even, I didn't even get to do it for myself as an artist, mm-hmm. which is something we had to change now, because I was the owner. We never actually paid myself as an employee. Yeah. I just was Took the owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I have to log my hours. Keep, you know, keep track of everything that I do. That was literally the one and only thing that I regretted I didn't do from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's tough to figure out that side of it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it really is. You know, even you can say you're good at math all day long. Yeah. But when you have to make numbers match and show proof, mm-hmm. you know, that's a different ballgame. I know somebody's going to say, well, you should have gone to school for and gotten a degree but i went to school (laughs) yeah i they you know there was an econ class that i had to take but it didn't go nearly far enough sure now i like i said i my mother's cpa so i have a little bit better grasp on Mm -hmm. on that kind that side of things so i was lucky in that aspect but yet there's so many ins and outs and little things that you have to remember and oh yeah and save your receipts and make sure you have documentation for everything and yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's a lot to deal with so 
Oh, yeah. Ah, government. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Don't, don't yeah. get me going on that. Oh, I know, I know. It's a hot topic for a lot of people nowadays. Russia. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're right there, man. What Ukraine. are you going to do? Ukraine. Oh, All man. of it. China. Well, you, yeah. well, you, it, listen, if Russia is 23... If Russia is 23 miles off our coast right now, mm-hmm. you know China's right there, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know they are, just because they they're, ain't saying it. They're in balloons above our <laughs> skies right now. we got to watch out. Mm. The girlfriend was freaking out because she said that one of these politicians... I don't follow all this stuff. I, yeah. I despise it, honestly. Mm-hmm. But she said something about one of the politicians said that we need to lock our doors because aliens are real. And I guess it was a thing or something. Yeah. I was like, if they're aliens, why are we locking the door? Yeah. They're going to get in here anyways. Yeah. Like, they, they traveled across the universe. Yeah. To get like the last thing. I think they can get through my little door yeah, lock. Yeah. I'll treat them like Santa Claus. Yeah, you know, yeah. put put a glass of milk right there for him when he walks in. Yep. No, I thought that was funny. but at, at that point, nothing you can do. No. Yeah. Hope hope that they're nice and they just want to say, hey, what's up? Yeah. The, is the party here tonight? Is mm-hmm. that is what we thought it was here? Listen, I'll bust out the Jaeger any day. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, party time. Um, what uh, what are some of your hobbies? What are some of your favorite things to do? <sighs> Tattoo and mess with reptiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, man, like that's it. Like uh, I'm blessed now because, and I tell people this all the time. I get to wake up every day. And I get to stay a kid. Mm-hmm. I yeah. get I get to go outside, mess with all these crazy reptiles. I mean, I have stuff that you wouldn't even know is real, you know, uh, modern day dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And then I get to go to work and color pictures all day. Like those are my hobbies. Yeah, it's what I do. Wake up, I live it, I breathe it. Heck yeah, that's that's awesome. I. That's I think that is the ultimate goal of entrepreneurship is to be able to do something that you love to do that's so much fun to you so that way when you're working you're it's not a drag on you. I mean oh, yeah. I've had so many jobs now that I've just hated, just could not stand. And not necessarily I, I hated what I did. It was more um and, and a lot of times it was the management side of things just sure. the way you oh, had dude, to do I can, it yeah i can preach all day about that i mean yeah and and now that i've completely taken over what i'm doing myself um it, it's just it's so like my schedule is so much stricter now than it ever had been when i was working for another job but i'm so much happier doing what i'm doing now than i than i had ever been at any previous point now, I may not be making a ton of money at the moment. <laughs> I'm making very little money, but yeah. that I I'm building a foundation to uh to be where I want to be. Sure. And, yeah, so and it it takes a while for some that, people. Yeah, so. that's the thing is, you know, when I decided like, okay, I'm going to open my own tattoo shop. I'm going to work for myself. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I I don't want to say the reptile thing before that because although I've bred reptiles as a business for a very, very long time, Mm -hmm. I started when I was around 15 or 16 doing that as well. Um, I never looked at it like a business. It was just a fun thing that I made a little bit of money from Mm -hmm. versus what I do now, which is a full-on 
business. Yeah. Um, but with tattooing, when I decided to like actually make that jump, the the things that just pushed me to the edge of saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do and I got to go do this. Tattooing has been probably the only place I can go and not stress out. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't care how bad a day I have or what's going on in my life, but when I sit down and I start tattooing you, it's gone. Mm-hmm. That's that's my time. Now, now, does that have anything to do with the temperament of the person you're tattooing? Yes and no. no. Um, if it, <laughs> it's a it's a tough question because yeah, most of my tattoos anymore are very personal. Yeah, because I'm doing primarily just larger stuff. Well, I think you're at a point too that you can choose who you do and what you do. Yes, more, but more but than somebody I'll, who I'll get necessarily works. Yeah, for you. yeah, I'll get into that in a second too because yeah. that that is something that I I, I would like to touch, but. That the whole business part of it was I got into it because I knew that no matter what I did in life, nothing can make me unhappy when I'm tattooing. Yeah. So if I can turn that into my own business and I can make money while doing it, it don't matter if I'm making money anymore because I'm just going to be having fun. Yeah. If I'm just getting by in life, my bills are paid. I don't have anything extra, but I get to go to work and tattoo you every day. Mm-hmm. By God, I'll take that. Yeah. You know, but doing it right professionally on a level that a lot of places I don't feel do anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can be very profitable. You know, I know tattoo artists that are millionaires. Oh yeah. You know, now those guys, they got bigger hearts than I do because they travel the country and put in that grind tattoo conventions. I mean, they're, they're chasing the big money. Yeah. Um, I did that way early on mm-hmm. and it was the wrong time for me. If I would have got into it now, I think I would have a different outcome on it. Yeah. But I don't have that heart and drive to get out there and hit the pavement like that no more. Is that something you can do having the shop? Can you set it up to where you can go out for a week yeah. at a time? Yeah, and do yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could totally go do the convention circuit again yeah. if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. have talked about doing some shows. I was going to say, is that something that you have to kind of commit to fully, or can you hit just a show? Um, it depends on your goal. Yeah. Okay, so the tattoo circuit of the conventions is a whole other realm yeah. of tattooing in itself. Um, if you want to make that million dollars, and you want that name to be blasted all over the world, go hit them tattoo conventions. Yeah. You know, that's that's your calling. You, that's where you go and you build that name and you because there you get sponsorships you have the top companies in the country selling products they're seeing what you're doing they want your name and their name on the same thing so every time you do a piece their name's attached to you you're making money they're making money it's a win-win yeah um but that's like being a rock star you know you you got to live that life yeah yeah, know. it's a it's a lot more grind behind the scenes yeah, than a, a lot, lot of people realize. Late nights, yeah. late nights, lots of people, mm-hmm. you know, and you're in a different city every weekend. Yeah, every weekend. You know, you might be in Pennsylvania tomorrow, but next weekend you're going to be over in California. Three hours before, three hours after, and it's just for an hour of, of actual work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, I know. You know, and but you know, it's fun. 
Yeah. Every artist should experience that life. Mm-hmm. They should go out and see it. Um, that's why we're talking about doing some because I got my new apprentice who's mm-hmm. who's no longer an apprentice. Um, and she just finished up. She's doing great. And now it's like, all right, now it's time to go get you out and see the rest of this industry. Yeah. You know, because this isn't it. It doesn't stop here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think as her mentor, that's a big part of my job. You know, when I apprentice somebody, they they're, they don't just do an apprenticeship and they're done. You know, and not in my eyes. Yeah. You know, uh, the next year to two years, they still need guidance. They'll still have hurdles. Well, it's like a journeyman program. It's, you, yeah, you're an apprentice, literally. then you're a journeyman, mm-hmm. and then you're a full-fledged. Yeah. You're a full-fledged. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it, sometimes, man, an apprenticeship can mean a lifelong relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the guy who mentored me, first off, that was a wild, wild experience in my yeah. life. Um, but we're still good friends. We, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I did do a tattoo convention mm-hmm. and uh, ran into him there. And that was pretty cool because we got to tattoo together. Um, and we haven't since I quit working for him years ago. We actually had mm-hmm. a falling out. But yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, back to what I was going to say earlier. Um, you had mentioned something about picking and choosing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. There's a time in almost every artist's career where they develop a style that people seek them out for, mm-hmm. you know, or just a big enough clientele. Most of my clientele, they give me one or two little ideas, and they're like, just draw it up. Uh, I trust you, you know. Yeah. Um, that's my biggest downfall mm-hmm. is telling somebody no. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of like a chameleon when it comes to tattooing. I can match styles and do various genres of art. Um, I wish I could tell them no and just go with what I want to go with all the time and do me, but no matter what piece they're getting, they're getting me, Yeah, you know, and I want people to be happy, so I try my best to make them happy, mm-hmm. um, which, again... Well, yeah, you you do need to please the client. Yeah, you do, that's, and that spreads the word. You do, and you know, and, and that's something that I've noticed too. You know, where clients are like, "I only do realism," or "I only do traditional," or "I only do neo traditional," or "I'm only doing watercolor," or whatever it may be. Yeah. Why not? You know, take that tattoo that, that person wants. Go ahead and go draw it up in your style. And then put it in their face. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it's easier to just be like, yeah, 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 I can do that. I can do that when I know I can. Mm-hmm. But then go in the back and change it and bring it back and be like, well, what do you think of this? 99.9% of the time they're like, yeah. 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 Again, most people don't understand art. Mm-hmm. You know. There's a guy on TikTok or one of the social medias that does tattoo artists and and he draws up stuff and and uh but he like he takes butterfly and draws up a piece of butter with wings <laughs> on it <laughs> yeah and and it's it's silly stuff like that he's very literal in everything yes he draws i've up. seen i've seen those. Yeah, yeah yeah and um i it's just hilarious because every time I would think of some kind of tattoo it was something similar to that just mm. something silly sometimes downright stupid oh yeah <laughs> but i ha- i have zero tattoos 
I've lived with a couple tattoo artists and have zero tattoos. So how would you live with? Um, (laughs) uh, Paul. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Polyester. um, Uh I lived with him for a while. And uh, a couple of the others I'm not going to mention. Okay. (laughs) You you didn't live with Brooke, did you? No, I did not. No. (laughs) I lived next to Brooke for a while. But that's good enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There were times with oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break and get a word in from our sponsors. We'll be back here with Joe Yours here in just a few minutes. Frank's Restaurant in Vincennes, Indiana, is the best in fresh-made food. Located at 508 Main Street on the historic 1st Main Street of Indiana, Frank's offers a unique dining experience with delicious food. Open Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And open the first Friday of every month from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. for the first Friday at Frank's. A dining experience mixed with local artists. Great for getting to know what the local area has available. Frank's, try something different. NUOC Entertainment has all of your entertainment needs. Whether you're looking for music equipment rental, an MC or DJ for your event, an acoustic act or a full band for your entertainment, we have what you need. With over 20 years of experience, we can fill your entertainment needs. Call or text at 812-890-5180 or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash NUOC Entertainment. Hurry, spots are filling fast. All right, Joe. How did you start your reptile business? Um, so I was pretty young, probably about 16, 17-ish at the time. And I was going into a pet store, buying everything and anything. None of it matched. None of it, it was just a bunch of cool pets. And the owner is like, you know, you can breed this stuff and at least make money to feed it. And I was like, you can do that? He's like, yeah, man. So he told me to bring some of my animals in, mm-hmm. and he would trade me for some breeding pairs of stuff. And I went home with, like, I think, like, six ball pythons that day. Oh, wow. And it was two males, four females. Mm-hmm. And he basically hand wrote out what I needed to do and how I needed to do it and that was all she wrote oh wow how uh so let's say for let's say I'm going to come to you and ask for a snake I'm very general here what uh what do they generally start out at if I'm going to purchase one so that's a really huge yes. spectrum. Yes, I understand that. Um, I mean, in all honesty, you can buy some stuff as cheap as 10 or 20 bucks sometimes. Okay. You know. Um, but like you said, you're not somebody that a general right. lay person so, is going to come to. Yeah, so I, I understand that. I was just trying to get yeah, an, a, a general idea. I would idea. say on average, <laughs> if a general person is just looking for a pet animal from me, mm-hmm. Probably around a hundred bucks. Okay. Um, but that's not to say that somebody comes to me and says, "Hey, I want a white tree frog baby." Well, okay, I could sell you one for thirty to fifty bucks, yeah. depending on how long I've had them and raised them up. Yeah. Um, but let's say you're a breeder and you're looking for a specific genetic, a specific breeding project, 
and you're looking on the highest end possible. I know mm-hmm. people right now that are selling snakes for $15,000. Oh, wow. I know people that last year, it, one of our biggest shows we go to every year in Tinley Park, Illinois, somebody sold a $35,000 snake. Wow. You know, um, I think it ended up selling for 27 to be exact, mm-hmm. but it was priced at 35 Um I mean, I can go to a show and and make two, three, four thousand dollars on a Saturday or a Sunday. I can go to a show and be out five hundred bucks for fuel, hotel, food, renting the tables, you know, and not sell a single animal. Yeah. Um, online helps. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest downfall in our industry right now for being an animal breeder is FedEx. Mm-hmm. Um, shipping is insane. Shipping prices are insane. Um, we used to be able to ship an animal overnight through FedEx, guaranteed live arrival by 10 a.m., and it only cost $25, 20 bucks. But you'd be lucky to be under 100 bucks anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any special licenses or anything that you have to have to do any of this? Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it depends on the state that you live in. Um, a lot of it depends on the county that you live in. Mm-hmm. Really, for what I do with my animals, no. I don't have to have any permits. Um, this is actually a huge thing in our industry as well. Mm-hmm. So there is a company called U.S. Arc, and they are a board of attorneys that help us keep our animals. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually something everybody should know. I mean, if you own a cat, a dog, a gerbil, a fish, you should know this. Yeah. Um, they're literally trying to take away our rights to own any animal. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, they snuck a bill in, literally snuck it into another bill. Yeah. Um, it was literally on page like 1,182. And if U.S. Arc wouldn't have caught it, you wouldn't have been able to own a gerbil. <laughs> literally. Somebody's mad at gerbils, man. <clears throat> it's just one of those things where they don't want us owning our animals because there are certain idiots out there who shouldn't own our animals. Oh, well, absolutely. With anything. There's there's idiots it's out everything. there with it absolutely is. everything. Um, but if that bill would have passed, everything I would I'm doing and, and do would would have would have stopped. Yeah. Um I mean I'm to the point to where I've built this business the way it is right now for two years straight. By myself with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. me and her. And this is our first year producing animals and selling animals. Um, as we talked earlier, we're building a new facility. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get moved into this new facility, I will be able to afford to pay two people. So there's two more jobs that somebody can have. Yeah. You know. Um, so that's potentially giving somebody the opportunity like me who loves these animals to get, be, be able to wake up and go get paid to work with the things and the animals he loves every day. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, and if they stop us from being able to have these animals and do what we do, there's jobs lost. That's, that's awesome. What were some of the issues that you faced when you were opening up both the tattoo artist, uh, the <coughs> tattoo business, and um, the tattoo shop, and the starting up the reptile business? Um, 
I would say that like the actual hardest part of starting it is the cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody gets money for what you're doing. So to open up either one of these businesses, you got to pay a state, yeah. you got to pay a federal, got to pay a county, you know, to jump through the hoops for some of that stuff isn't easy. Yeah. You know, to get an Indiana business license, super easy. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes online, you're done and over with. Yep. But then you got to go through your county. You got to go through your city. You know, that's where things start getting. Before I could even open my doors at a tattoo shop, I had to have somebody come and tell me that I could do it in that building. Yeah. That's just the first step. You know, then making sure everything's proper and ready to go for when you open to get checked again. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff can be time consuming. I mean, they may tell you no a dozen times before you get that e- yes to open up your front door. Oh, absolutely. You know, you guys know that from the we restaurant side of things. Absolutely do. You know, um, the reptile thing wasn't as bad because it's from home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, now, my neighbors, on the other hand, they don't care for what I do. Yeah. You know, um, they think that I'm breeding Komodo dragons and pit vipers or something, you mm-hmm. know. And, um, it's really not that, but yeah, you know, they're I, gonna think what they want to oh think. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Have you invited them to see what you do? Or yes, are so they we actually had a bunch of them on camera because mm-hmm. we have cameras on our house, and it was funny because I'm eating my lunch, watching a seven year old lady knock on my front door in a muumu all upset that we're breeding king cobras yeah and i'm watching my girlfriend talk to this lady and i can hear them and everything and she was just so nice you know she's like ma'am you you can come in and and we can show you what we have we don't have anything that'll hurt you like that no you're gonna you're gonna attack her with those king cobras yeah and i mean this lady was scared to death oh yeah scared to death that's unfortunate you know but uh but but you also don't have a shop a, a customer facing shop or anything no, like no. that. I, I, I Which that would come with the the happen to deal with city and Yeah, and so that, that okay. Like that, yeah. Back to what you were saying earlier where you know, you you may not make money now. Mm-hmm. But you got to have a means to an end. Yes. You know, the reptile business, hopefully that leads into a pet store. Yeah. You know, we're getting ready to start up a YouTube channel, so we'll start getting recognition there. You know, it's all building blocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm two years in, and I'm not even anywhere close to making my money back. Yeah. You know, nowhere close. I'll be lucky by year three that I break even. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's time. It's effort. Money comes. Money goes. Yep. But when it's right and you're still around, you'll be making money in the end. As long as you're focused on what you're you doing. you got to yeah. build. Yep. you got to have an end game. You know, opening up this restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a feat in itself. Oh, yeah. You know, but I know you guys got something next. Yep. You know, because you guys already did step two. Yep. You know what I mean? Well, I know you're going to have a step three. We're uh, getting ready to start doing something new here. Hopefully this next month. We're uh, we're in talks right now to uh, take another step and, yeah, expand a little bit more. Sure. But look at where you guys started. You oh, yeah. Know? Yeah. You guys were in a food cu- food truck slinging it. Yeah. Well, you before know. that, we've been just catering. Well, yeah, yeah, caterings. you're right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, so. You know, and uh, now you got a restaurant. Yeah. You know, I remember, what was it, three years ago, mm-hmm. you guys were like, 
we're six months away from opening. And then yeah. I talked to you in six months and you're like, no, not yet. We got too many more hurdles. You know, six more months will be open. Yep. You know, and you guys been what? A little over a year now? Little, uh, yeah, a little over a year. Uh, it was a year in Oct- uh, year Thanksgiving, week of Thanksgiving. Okay. So, yeah. I yeah. knew it hadn't been much mm-hmm. over a year, but yep. um, I apologize. I waited so long to come yeah. in. Hey, I, yep. I know you compounded me, but. It, everybody's busy and yeah. and i just you know you're you're a friend of mine i just wanted you to come in and and try what i had so yeah, yeah. look how often i'm in here now oh yeah <laughs> all the time absolutely yeah but yeah i mean it, it's always ongoing mm-hmm. you know the tattoo shop was was my phase two yeah. um because when i went and opened up my shop in Olney, um that was just a private studio mm-hmm. you know that that was my my step one yeah. was okay i need to get out get on my feet get used to this, feel it out, and then go open up a bigger shop where I can hire other artists, get my piercers in here, you know, and we're not done. I mean, we got things in the work right now. Yeah. Um, we, we actually, uh, we have a couple things in the work over the next couple of years. You'll see it. it it's not, I'd say within two years. By the end of two we, two years, you'll know what I'm talking about now and it'll click. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're going to do something very, very, very big. And... More to come. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. It's going to be epic. Uh, what are the current f- issues that you're facing with the both businesses? <clears throat> Employment. Mm-hmm. Um, we that's have a, a hot topic for a lot of people. It, it at the is. Moment. Yeah. It's tough. It, um, you know, it's I have hired a couple of people for the reptile business. Um, I think we've been through five, four or five employees now. Mm-hmm. And. Everybody wants more money. Mm-hmm. You know, when when they start out with me, I give them a one-month trial period. Yeah. Okay. I pay you $10 an hour, and I'll pay for your fuel mm-hmm. to come and go. And after a month, if you can do said tasks without me standing over your shoulder, we'll renegotiate your hourly. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to give you an hourly. We'll negotiate. Mm-hmm. I'll be fair with you. You know, if you're a hard worker, you're worth more money than anybody else. Yeah. In my eyes, you know, if you can get in any job, any job, mm-hmm. doesn't matter where it's at, you deserve to be paid what you're worth. Yeah. And nobody's made it that far. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a trial period to find out what you're worth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Once I can yeah. see your work ethics, can you stand and talk? But that's you know? also an issue on the other side is if you do put that time in and you're working for a job that doesn't recognize it and just wants Go to somewhere keep else. on paying you that. Get you, yeah. get you a job exactly. where someone's going to appreciate you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and that goes back to small business owners, man. Find mm-hmm. what you love and go do it. Yep. You know, I don't care what it is in this world that you love to do every day. Mm-hmm. There's a way to make money. Yeah. You know, you got to see that, recognize it, and go out and take it. Mm-hmm. Um. To be a small business owner today, I mean, I can't tell you what it was like 10 years ago. I can't tell you what it was like past six years ago. Yeah. But I can tell you in the six years that I have done this now, the last two has were far different than my first four. Oh, yeah. Well, COVID shifted yeah. everything. Yeah. It, it's tossed everything up, and it's not coming down the same as what it was before. Um, right. I don't think it ever will go back to what it was before. And I there, there's good and bad in that. So yeah, there there is. Um, I don't think it's ever going to go back. Yeah, I think 
times are going to get a whole lot tougher mm-hmm. before it goes anywhere close to being back, if ever. Yeah. Um, I don't see costs of anything coming down. Um, you know, it's just an expensive life anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything. doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, I mean, well. I used to be able to go to McDonald's and spend 30 bucks and feed my whole family. Now it's 70. Yeah. And I, I think that's a product of our, our country just, I don't, I don't know how to, how to really say it, it, but we've been fortunate for a long time to have very cheap prices and making a decent, a kind of a decent wage. And here, here in the last, I want to say the last 10 years, that gap has closed so much and I mean, surpassed it in a lot of ways. Um, and i until, until we as a country, you know, recognize that people need to be paid a, a good wage. And that comes down to, yeah, you're going to have to pay more at restaurants, at small businesses, Listen, because it, they, they need to pay the people it, it, what they are worth. 100%. If you are charging more per dollar on your items that you're selling or the services that you provide, mm-hmm. why do you get to take all that money? And the people who are actually working hard for it don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually have a really good friend of mine that owns a construction business. Mm-hmm. When COVID happened and he got all that grant money and all that stuff, mm-hmm. he took a quarter of his total and divvied up the three quarters of the total and gave it to all of his employees. Yeah. Now, with his tax benefits and everything he gets a substantial amount of money every year. Mm-hmm. He divvies 100% of that up and gives it to his employees. You know. And I bet you he's had had those employees for quite a while too. He's had four employees for over 10 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. And why not treat people fair? More now than ever. Yeah. Look at how many people don't want to work. Mm-hmm. Because they get benefits because since COVID. Yeah. You know. Okay, so why not take some of that pay that you would have paid those other people that you can't afford to have anymore right now anyways mm-hmm. and pay the people you do have more money to m- give them more incentive to come to work and work hard every day. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it's just, it's crazy to me everywhere. And the, la- and the last 15, 15, 20 years, as, and you don't see this he- around here, but you have these giant corporations that are making millions and billions of dollars and you have the people at the top that are making billions of dollars and you have employees who are barely hanging on that is absolutely unacceptable it is and and there's companies that are built off of not paying or or paying maybe a decent wage but only giving the employees like 10 to 15 hours a week and then having 70 people work the job that's yeah. not yeah, it's all about greed yeah yeah and it, it is i mean richer it gets the rich get richer and the poor get poorer well and the sad thing is that you see these smaller companies copy what these larger companies are able to pull off because they have the financial stability to to deal with that churn right but, but then that small business is gone in small, three years exactly because yeah. they're churning those employees and not building a repertoire with with good employees yep. oh yeah and then and and they don't understand why they're not they don't have consistency they don't have what they want because you have people constantly coming in and have yeah. to learn yeah. and, so my girlfriend yeah. she works at one of the local hotels mm-hmm 
And I would say, let's say the last three months, Mm -hmm. I bet she has seen more than a dozen people come and go. Yeah. It's wild. In three months. You know, she's had people I'm, I'm probably not even remembering to count because there's people who come in there, work a day, and they're never coming back. Yeah. You know, um... I mean, it's a job. You have to deal with some crazy stuff sometimes. So yeah, if you're well, not prepared for that, I, I you I get, get listen. That, if you get if you get hired on it as as a as a hotel maid, mm-hmm. you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what you're getting yourself into. You know, you know what you've done in them hotel rooms. Yeah. You know, um, dude. But that's the thing, man. That's this world that's uh, you got to wake up every day. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, the the thing is, is no matter what, tomorrow's coming, the sun's going to be there, the moon's going to come up after that. And in between, the only thing you can do is get up and go. Yeah. You know, you got to realize that. And if you're really hungry, you're going to go out there and you're going to take it. You're mm-hmm. going to work hard for it. You're going to you're going to make it yours, you know. Um, well, and sometimes maybe what you're doing isn't quite exactly what you need to be doing and you need to reevaluate. But that doesn't mean that you stop grinding. That doesn't mean that you stop yeah, achieving yeah. what you want to do. You may absolutely. have to. You may have to pivot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, there there was a time where you know, before I was a professional tattoo artist, where I job hopped. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't like it here, so I kept this job till I got hired somewhere else. Mm-hmm. If I didn't want, if I didn't work, it was because I solely just didn't want to. Yeah, which was. Almost never. I've, I've, I work to a fault. Yeah. You know, um, but I do it now so I don't have to do it later. You know, exactly. You know, I'm about to be 40 in three years. I know you're much older than I. (laughs) I wouldn't say much (laughs) older, but I I am uh, older than you. That is correct. (laughs) But, um, you know, I'm hurting. Yeah. Every day. My hands are hurting. My wrists Mm -hmm. are sore. My back sucks, you know, and. Well, back in my day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You'd spit on it and keep going, mm-hmm. but uh, rub some dirt on it. You're yeah. fine. Walk it off. You know, but I, I don't want to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see other people grow. Yeah. You know that that is something I preach a lot is um, the people who are around me every day. You know, be better tomorrow than you are today. Yeah. And and tell yourself that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even as an artist that works for me, I don't want to see you in that chair over there every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know. Put in your time, and when you're ready, I'll help you take the next step. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you know, there's been people who have come and gone from my shop, and they've went oh, yeah. and opened up their own. Yep. You know, no matter how ill the blood may be between some of those, I don't want to see them fail. Yeah. You know, go open up your business, focus on you, take off, and reach for the stars because you can take it. Mm-hmm. If you don't achieve that, that's nobody's fault but your own. Exactly. You know. Personal responsibility. And I wish everybody would find what they love and go make a business out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and go do what you love for the rest of your life and make money and be happy. It's a hard thing for people to do, though. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are just scared of that jump. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What changes would you like to see in the local area to make operating your business easier? Hmm. 
I get that answer a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that can go a couple different ways. Yeah. You yeah. know, if I would say just operating a business in general, mm-hmm. no specific group of what type of business. Yeah. Um, I would really just say more of the city being involved with us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have to go through them for everything. Yeah. Specifically with what I do, we got to deal with the health department on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be nice to see them come out and see what we do, be more interactive with these small businesses. Um, and I'm not just saying just the health department. I'm saying the cities as a whole yeah. come out and support those actual small businesses that are help supporting this whole community. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically here, where actually both you and I are in, in the downtown areas. Yeah. You know, I, I'm i just around the corner mm-hmm. from the main street, but we're still there. So when we do, like, let's just say the block parties, mm-hmm. you know, they should be spread throughout all of the downtown area. Yeah. You know, if we're in historic society and we're all in that, mm-hmm. then we should all reap those benefits. Correct. You know, and I'm just saying that because I'm in this area and when they do the block parties and all that kind of stuff, do you want to be involved they, in it? Yeah. yeah, we're not involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think as a whole group, being the histo- historical society, that we should all be involved in that. Yeah. Um, I know the mayor comes out and does ribbing cuttings and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, but it would be nice to see those guys just pop in. Yeah. You know, acknowledge just we're seeing here. seeing how the business is doing, yeah. You know, um, I know they're pushing a lot for small businesses, mm-hmm. uh, and I do appreciate that. I like I like to see that. Um, I know that they have gathered grant money for small businesses to help them out. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, but sometimes I think it's just more of the presence. Yeah. To say, hey, you know, we're still here. We're still supporting you. That's kind of been a, a common theme um, with with a couple people. It has been more just more clarity from from the that side from the the government side and and like you said a little bit more involvement and yeah i mean and and there's a lot of businesses in town so it would take a long time for them to make it through to every business sure but send send out a letter but yeah yeah, you know just saying hey we we know you're still here Mm -hmm. you know we're here for you you know whatever what have you um you know believe it or not when i did my grand opening Mm -hmm. we never did get the mayor to come out and do a ribbon cutting with us yeah um, I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. As a small business in your community, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to know it's a thing. Yeah, they should have been they, contacted. They should have been right that, yeah. there saying, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we do this. Yeah. Um, it almost felt like they pick and choose who they do that with. Yeah. And that may not be the case, but being a tattoo artist, we've never really been too keen, you yeah. know, and we've always kind of been looked at differently. So mm-hmm. it was just a little more personable for me, I think, because I kind of found out later on. And I was like, well, how come I didn't get to do that? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Like I said, there's there could be some some clarity from different organizations in sure. town. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't ever want to throw anybody under the bus. And, and that's not what I'm what I try to do. But communication with with everybody. And sometimes it, it's a matter of just not, not having enough time in the day. Sure. Um, oh, I yeah. know, you know, the health department just moved. They've been super busy doing all that stuff. 
they were shut down the entire week, so it was hard to get any information out of them or anything like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it. But you know, these things have to happen, and and just I don't know, especially in today's age with with all the resources, um, and, and maybe it's just a matter of them not communicating that they have some resources because mm-hmm. I honestly don't know all of them. Right, I know sure. I know some of the departments are on Facebook, and mm-hmm. you can get. Uh, you know, City Hall, you can watch the um, the meetings on on their Facebook. I think sure. actually, I, I think it's the mayor's Facebook. They broadcast. So, yeah, there are are some places that you can go to get that stuff. And uh, maybe it's just a matter of communicating that a little bit better to the to the public, sure. uh, which is kind of what my uh, my podcast is about. I had uh, I got Mr. Ed Gornell. Or uh, he is a representative. He's a councilman here in town. He was a former guest on the show, um, and he was gracious enough to explain some of these things because sure. I don't know how a lot of that stuff works. And that was kind of my my idea is to get these guys on here and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, w- what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can can you explain to me what your job is, what you can and can't do, and if we have questions?" Where can the, they be directed? Like, sure. what can we direct towards your area? What do we have to go to, say, another department? Say, the, you know, I, I have these questions. Well, you need to go to the that, building inspector be, yeah, or that can, the that health can be inspector. Hard. Exactly. That can be very hard, too. Yeah. Um, so when I started Black Rose mm-hmm. and started remodeling in there, um, I had to get in touch with the building inspector. Mm-hmm. Um, well come to find out that wasn't who I had to talk to so I did have to jump through some hoops to I didn't realize that there was multiple different types and you know I yeah four phone calls later and two forwards I finally made it to the person I had to talk to but yeah um but yeah it's you know and you know it, it may be because I don't have that education um or whatever it may be yeah yeah um, People generally, I feel, don't know a lot of that stuff on who they have to talk to. And, and it's know. very com- very confusing, it, very it compartmentalized. And yeah, we, we've actually been fighting that as well with our shop. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a big pothole mm-hmm. in our parking lot. Well, our parking lot, where the pothole is, just happens to fall on an area that apparently nobody owns. Yeah. And we can't get the hole filled. Yeah. <laughs> so... We've been through the city and talked to the mayor, and it's all here, there, and over there, and there's no deed to it, so nobody can guarantee it. And there's no clarity on what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the city don't want to fix it because it's not their property, mm-hmm. but it's not our property. It's not the joining's property. Yeah. So who pays to fix it? Yeah. One of those deals that round and round you go, and then, yeah. And, yeah, and until you... Uh, Unfortunately, for some things, you got to make a big stink about something before anything gets done about it. Now, this did just pop in my head, yeah. and you can probably appreciate this in a, in a sense. You do have parking over here when old Chicago's slow, yeah. but parking down here. Yes. Even by me with having the, um, pavilion, the pavilion with the parking there mm-hmm. and having that big parking lot behind our uh, shop. Yeah. Kudos to Procopios because that dude feels them all. <laughs> yeah. You know, on a Friday, Saturday night, we have no parking. Yeah. You know. That um, is, that's been, and 
we're we're complaining about parking, but you you can walk a couple blocks to get somewhere. You but can if you if you like you can, I complain about it no too. More. I if I can't pull right up in front of yeah. the business, I'm mad about it, and I'm and it's completely irrational. We can walk a couple blocks to get anywhere in town. That's not a big deal. But you're right. There are definitely a lot of times in town where it just seems like there's no parking in down on Main Street. Um, I know they've tried to do studies and stuff, and it just wasn't feasible to put a parking uh, garage in anywhere down here. Um, and, you know, I don't know where you would put it or anything like that. But, yeah, yeah, just just seems like there's no good parking down here on, on the Main Street blocks. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. Sometimes I don't come here and have lunch because I don't want to walk those two blocks. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it gets crazy down here on, especially there's some days we're busy and and people say they walk. A couple I actually blocks walked here the other day when you seen me. I uh, walked yeah. here in the rain. Yeah. So yeah. that made up for all those days I don't want to. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, that I'll take that. That's <laughs> that's true. What are the plans for the future of the business? Um, we do have some stuff in the works, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's gonna take a little time to build to that, but we are gonna do something. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, our goal for the next two years um, is to just keep grinding. I mean, mm-hmm. we're just going to keep doing what we do. Um, business is good. You know, it, it's been better. It's been worse, but it's good. Um, we're just going to keep pushing for that. You know, uh, the reptile business, we got the new facility we're getting ready to start moving into. Um, that's going to be a game changer for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start the YouTube channel once the facility is up and going. Um, I, I just hired a videographer for that who's going to do all the editing and everything. We got a big show coming up in March. That's a real big deal for us. Where's that at? So that's in Tinley Park, Illinois. Mm-hmm. You were talking about that one earlier, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so it's one of the biggest reptile conventions of the entire year in the entire country. Oh, wow. Um I'm lucky enough to have a partner that I can get into that show. You can't even get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been vending there for over 15 years, so I get to come in and use his booth with him. Oh, nice. Um, but that is where you make your name. Mm-hmm. That's like the tattoo conventions. That's where you go to make your name. And this will be our second show there, which is a big deal because second shows are like, okay, you're in. Yeah. You know. And we got a lot of big names who've been watching us. We got a lot of big names that are following us. A lot of big names that started talking to us. Um, the next couple of years for the reptile business is going to be wild. Good. Like it, it is. I couldn't ask for anything better there. Yeah. You know, I really couldn't. That's awesome. Well, that's. Uh, how about for the uh, tattoo shop? You got some plans in the works for that one too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was saying. We got some big plans for that, but it's going to be a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, two years probably, and we're going to make that next jump. Uh, between now and then, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, working every day, grinding. I mean, we're, we're open seven days a week. We don't close. Where are Where is your shop at? You want the address? Yeah. Okay, so we're at 118 North 2nd Street, Vincennes, Indiana. All right, and if uh, somebody wanted to contact you for both the uh, tattoo and for the exotic, where would they go to? Uh, so to get we're mainly on Facebook for the tattoo shop, 
and that's going to be Black Rose Tattoos Vinny, V-I-N-N-Y. The reptiles are only on Instagram, okay. and that'll be under Riverside Exotics. And uh, can you order from there, or is that just... Um, you can always contact me on the Instagram, mm-hmm. and I can ship you out anything you need. Okay. Um, overnight shipping, it's 100% what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's packed appropriately with heat packs or cool packs, depending on the time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty wild what we do. That's cool. You know, all the logistics in and, and to being have to ship yeah. across country. Oh yeah, I just actually shipped uh, two snakes to Alaska. Oh wow, Alaska. Alaska. Um, that was my first ever to mm-hmm. Alaska. Um, they actually seen me at the Tinley NARBC Reptile Show. Um, and contacted me afterwards, mm-hmm. a couple months afterwards, and bought a couple snakes from me. We shipped them out to Alaska. Um, so there, they don't have hubs like we do. Yeah. They just have big frozen boxes to store stuff in. Yeah. So they couldn't, like normally we have our animals held at a hub, mm-hmm. um, so they don't have to sit in a cold truck or a hot truck all day. Mm-hmm. And um, over there, it was to your door only. I mean, there's you put that snake in there, they're not going to make it. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I shipped him out at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and he messaged me at 4 o'clock the next day in the afternoon and said he got him. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Joe, I want to thank you for coming and, uh, and talking to me today. And uh, Black Rose Tattoo and Riverside Exotics are the business. So if you're interested in any of that, you can check everything out. I will have all the information in the show notes. And I am Will Peppers, and this is the Peppers Podcast. If you are interested in being a guest on the Peppers Podcast, just get a hold of me, and uh, we will get you on the air. Thanks for listening, and everybody have a good day. <laughs>